is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline with systemsforselfcare.com where I teach you to consistently take daily actions. You can feel happier, healthier, and more confident. I'm really excited today on the podcast. I have a business owner, a mom, a runner. Um, Tara Bryan, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's going to be tons of fun. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. I think that you're going to have like so much good, so many good nuggets to share with my listeners. So I always like to get started with just kind of hearing about how you came to running. Were you always an athlete growing up or was this something new in adulthood? Uh, Yeah, that's a great question. So actually, when I was younger, I couldn't run. I couldn't do a lot of sports growing up. I had kind of feet issues and different things. But I sort of have a really strong, tenacious mind. And so for me, it was like, I, I have the mind of an athlete not so much the body of it. Right. But, um, so growing up, I, I always tried sports and I always sort of, I just had some challenges. So in my twenties, I started, uh, running and said, I'm going to run a marathon. Like I can't do sports. I can't do anything. Cause I have these bad feet, but I'm going to run a marathon and like, it's going to happen. <laughs> Which and, you're constantly on your feet for running, which is crazy. Okay. Right. Right. So I'm like, it's going to happen. Like I, this is what I want to do. And, and, um, my, I just, I'm going to make it happen. And, um, ended up running about four fulls and a bunch of halves and, you know, five K's and 10 K's and, and, and all the things before I had kids, I had to retire once I had kids, not because of my body, but because of my children. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, really just made activity and running a part of my life from that day forward and, um, haven't really looked back. So yeah. Take me to the moment though, that you decided like, like running was going to be the thing. Cause it could have been like, Oh, I'm going to go to yoga classes or I'm going to, I don't know, take up kayaking, but like why running? Well, I did everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so it wasn't like it was just running. Yeah. Um, I just love being active. I, I love how I feel mentally. I love how I feel physically. So I did lots and lots of different activities. Mm-hmm. So kayaking actually was one of them. <laughs> I learned how to roll a kayak when I was yeah. uh, around that age too. And, um, but Oh, there was just something about just throwing on my shoes and running, you know, getting out of the house. And I live in Minnesota. And so we have a very short window where like the weather is amazing. And I'm like, why wouldn't I be out in this? And there was a difference from walking to running, just like having that feeling of accomplishment and um, kind of that runner's high people talk about. Um, But for me, it was really initially, I think the goal of I'm going to do this race because, um, I, I have a goal to do that. And then I fell in love with it and now I can't go without it. Yeah. Yeah. Why? So do you think that like having like the big goal of the marathon is the thing that like pushed you, like got you? I think so. Yeah. Well, I, yes. And, um, so it was that, and I joined a running club, um, when I was in my twenties and, you know, to do these marathons and, um, some of my best friends are still my running friends, you know, decades later of, um, I mean, we still go out of town once a year and have girls weekend and it's all the runner girls. And so we don't all run anymore, but we all still go and we, you know, try, we run walk or, you know, everybody's kind of in a different place, but, um, but they were my lifelong friends. And yeah. so it wasn't just about running the marathon, although that was obviously the goal. And I love to run, you know, mentally, physically, the whole bit, but 
um, we would just chit chat the whole time. So you would go on a long 20 mile run or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's hard, but we would just, and so by the end of the 20 miles, we're like, oh, that wasn't so bad because we all, it, we just, it was sort of our social time. So that was a big part of it too, is it was the training, the goal, but also really immersing kind of in the culture that my friends and, and different things like that. So yeah, those long runs, you end up talking about things that are, cause you're like stuck with these people for four hours. You right, just talk right. about the everything. Like, yeah. Like I feel like, like running groups, there's people that know stuff about me that like, maybe my husband doesn't know, or like a friend from yeah. college doesn't know because it's such an intimate experience to be stuck with someone for four hours or five hours yes. or whatever it yes. is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's great. And so you kind of combine the two things where you can have it, you can go out all by yourself and just like, you know, um, be with your own thoughts or you can go with someone else or other people and, you know, have it be a social thing. So yeah. for me, it just sort of became part of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Was there something, was there anything else about you that like changed when you decided to do the marathon or like, I'm going to put quotes, but like become a runner, like have running be a part of your life? Um, well, there, I mean, there were a lot of things. I mean, I think that the biggest thing was, um, and I probably didn't realize it at the time because I wasn't consciously thinking about it, but I think kind of looking back how much it actually affects, um, my mental health. Right. So it, for me at the time, I was like, well, I want to stay in shape and, you know, this is a great thing to do and, and to kind of push my body to, to have the goal. Um, but I didn't really think about the fact that it actually is, almost meditation for me. It's almost that time. And especially now that I have three kids, a business, a husband, the whole bit, um, it is sometimes the only time I get to myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's where I think it's where I come up with super awesome ideas. So I have a podcast too. And literally half the time I'm recording the podcast on a run because I've been inspired in one way, shape or form. And so it's so much of that, which probably, um, you know, kind of kept me sane back in, in, in that time. But, um, looking back, there were so many benefits of that as well, that I think it, that's what kept me doing it. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like, Oh, the grind of running. It was just like, wow, I get to be out and kind of decide how I want to, how I want to experience this. Yeah. I think that's a really important shift, especially for women. I think that we spend so much time hating on our bodies. And if running is only about hating on your body or running is only about that number and like, it's only about getting faster, it can be really stressful and not like a fun thing to do. But if it transforms into something that's like actual self-care and like mental health, mm -hmm. like mental and physical care, mm -hmm. it, you actually want to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, to be honest, that's why I run is because it's, it is that time that I have and it's that sort of like I said, for me, it feels like meditation. Now for some people they are like, what? I wouldn't run unless you were chasing me. And for me, I'm like, yeah, there are days I feel that way. Right. But most of the time when I'm running, it's just, it's, it, it is, it's that time where I can kind of do my thing and not have, you know, not have the other things kind of coming at me. Yeah. Yeah. So this past year has out in this current year, it's been a lot and going into the fall, it's still going to continue to be a lot. What is it? What does running look like for you now? I mean, you said you're a mom, you have three kids. Are they older? Are they younger? Um, I have an eight-year-old, a 13-year-old and an almost 15-year-old. So yeah. Um, yeah, we're in the thick of it. 
And, um, and so, yeah, this last year was interesting because they were home more. Um, I had an office transition back to the house, had to kind of learn those boundaries again that I think I had pretty well set up. Um, and uh, so kind of if I, if I go backwards just a little bit. So when, when the kids were babies, um, both my husband and I really enjoy working out and running and, and all of that. And it was something that we used to do together. And then we had these, all these people in our house. And, um, and we really had to sit down and say, okay, so when are you going to do your workout? When are you going to do your workout? And we really made a conscious choice to give each other that non-negotiable time. And at the time it was boot camp or running or whatever, we kind of, you know, you get to go at this time, I get to go at this time. And it was like sacred time. Like we don't, we don't schedule over that. Um, and so, you know, fast forward to now where, you know, we're really in a place where now our kids can kind of stay by themselves. So it's a lot easier to kind of get out and do that. But with all the craziness of having everybody here all the time, we had to relearn that and really set those boundaries again. And sometimes it meant just shorter bursts of time being able to go out, but really still setting a, setting that expectation that not only is it in my schedule, but it's, um, it's something that's important that has to stay there. Because to be honest, if I don't do that, I'm not a very good mom, right? Like, I'm like, this is important for mom to do in order for me to show up how I want to. Um, and so sometimes, yeah, that looked different. Sometimes, I mean, we could be outside, which made it a lot easier um, or treadmill or whatever, but no group classes, no, you know, gyms or anything like that. And so that to me that, it almost opened it up to do more running because I was like, well, that's all I can do. So I'm going to yeah. go out and do it. But, um, but really um, it, it made a huge difference. And then um, part of this year outside of sort of the kids being home and all of the craziness that's going on in the world, um, I actually got injured. And, um, and so I had a hamstring problem. So if you're a runner, you know, that like game over, right. Can't really do much. So I was literally off running and walking for almost a month. Um, and, and, um, and so the blessing of it is you sort of, when you're off of doing what you're used to doing, you kind of, (laughs) it re-sparks your passion for the fact that you really want to be doing it. And so, um, and so really just, you know, had to start off small again and, and now I'm back up to my normal miles, but, um, but, but it's that moment where, you have to make a choice. Do do you keep doing it, even though it hurts? Do you stop? You know what? What's your body trying to tell you? And and then, um, really, this then that's where the self care takes over. Where it's like it's not running self care; it's something else. So yeah, of course I I replaced it until I could run again. But yeah, no. Oh my gosh, you hit on so many things that I'm going to c- touch back on. But let's st- let's stick with that. The injury thing. So yeah, I think a lot of us like, oh my gosh, I have to keep running because if I don't, I will be so far behind, but you knew like, no, if I continue, I'm actually going to get more hurt. I need to stop. Ah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's say, let's say this is that I should have hit that point a lot earlier, but again, because it's, because I don't necessarily do it for, um, for like physical health. I Mm -hmm. do it more for mental health. Like for me, I'm like, no, I can't like, I love to do it. Um, so my body like said uh, like that, like you're, you're off. So I was on crutches and the whole bit. Right. So like, that's how, so I probably went too much into, well, I'll just run through the pain. It's fine. So I got to that point. So then my body said done. So 
I, you know, but I still had to make time to do something, right? So what is the thing I'm still doing, whether it's even just sitting, meditating and doing nothing, or it's, you know, going for a little shuffle walk or swimming or doing something else. Like what is that thing I can keep doing, even though I'm not at the top of my game. Um, And that's, that's the key for me is I'm not ready to turn in those running shoes. So I, I got to get, you know, and I did, I got back to that, the, my normal mileage, but, um, but what are the things I can still do yes. um, in the interim? I love that. I talk a lot about, um, I have a lot of listeners and myself included in the past where we had that all or nothing mindset. And it's like, if you can't do all instead of going to nothing, can you go do something, anything? And so by you well, I'm still going to dedicate this time to meditation or I can swim or I can, but like you still needed that time for yourself, even if running wasn't the habit, but the ha- the slot for the habit was still there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and I would do weights, right? So I'm like, I can't use my lower body. So I'm just going to do as many weights as I can on my top half. And, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's always the joke that, you know, you're just going to end up being this big person <laughs> with little tiny legs. And they're like, it's like six weeks or whatever. It's fine. You know, but, but yeah, yeah, I mean, just saving that space, because again, it's about how are you putting yourself um, first? How are you prioritizing that time? And whether it's 10 minutes or, you know, two hours, it doesn't really matter as long as it's the time that you need to recharge um, and, and be able to tackle, yeah. tackle the day. You said something else really good. I did a podcast a little bit ago about boundaries and setting boundaries. And that was something that I had to learn in my relationship with my husband of like, I need to set these boundaries. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me a selfish, selfish person, but actually I'm a better wife and coach and human to interact with when I've done something for myself. And that only happens if I set boundaries. And I was thinking, as you were talking, I had um, a husband and wife on the show a while ago, Deanna and Tony Schober, and they both said that same thing where they have to communicate and they have to schedule things like, okay, cool. You're going to go work out at this time. And you're going to work at, at that time. So my question is, is your husband, was he very supportive of that? And like, can you share specific words that you might use to like set those boundaries? Cause this is new for a lot of women and especially moms, like taking time for themselves. That's new and hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I can try. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, I think it, so the initial conversation was sort of like, we were both kind of frustrated with, um, well, you know, life is different. How do we do this? And so for a long time, it was just sort of this unspoken struggle of, well, it's not fair. You're doing this. It's not fair. You're doing that. Blah, blah, blah. So we sort of had to stop and say, well, no, wait a minute. Like, how can we make this fair? Right? Like, how can we both feel like we're getting what we need? Because I would say I have to go work out and he'd be like, well, great, you know, whatever. And then I can't do that. I'm like, why not? Right? Like, let's set the intention to do that. And so it really took that hard conversation of sitting down and saying, okay, what do we need? And um, at the time we went to a, a kind of a boutique boot, uh, boot camp um, fitness studio. And so, you know, they had different times of classes and I was like, I like to go in the morning. He liked to go at night. So I was like, okay, great. That's perfect. You're going Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I'm going Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Here's the time. Let's put it on the calendar because if it's not on the calendar in our world, it doesn't exist. Right. And so it's like, yeah, that's great. You set those times, but if it's not really actually written down anywhere, 
then it gets rewritten by all the activities and all the other things that our kids need. Um, and so we put it on the calendar. We said, okay, we're going to commit to this. Let's, let's try it for like a week or two and see how it goes. And um, every time there was a decision of something that was coming up, we literally had to stop and say, okay, this was a priority. Are we going to like, you know, schedule over this priority or not? And it was like, nope, this is the commitment that we've made for this period of time. Nothing, nothing like it's sacred time, right? Like nothing goes over that time. So if it was a kid's activity or something else, the other parent would would agree to do that. So it was it was the initial conversation, but then it was the actual um, intentional commitment to keep doing it. And we mm-hmm. did that for a long time until we kind of got to the place where um, we could, we had a little bit more flexibility with the kids where then we could actually go together. Like that was crazy when we could actually work out at the same time. We were like, whoa, this is, you know, like we can sneak away on a Saturday for a couple hours, like, woo. Um, but, but again, it was just a constant conversation. And so um, for anyone who's sort of going through that journey, it's really about identifying what you need. And for me, it kind of starts to come out sideways when I'm tired or frustrated or not getting kind of my self-care done is that I'm kind of grouchy, right? And like, yeah. and so I'm like, wait a minute, I, if I want to show up in the way that I want to show up, that means I have to do this thing. And so um, just being really clear and able to communicate and make it a win-win, right? Like sometimes I think women just say, well, I can't do this because I have to take care of everything. And, you know, my husband's doing this other thing or whatever. It was sort of like, here's the benefit to you, right? Like if I'm getting taken care of here where I am be able to, to do my workout, this is the benefit to our family. And so that's why this is important. Um, to me, that helped the conversation too, is to say, I'm not doing this to be selfish. I'm doing this because this actually helps me be better, a better mom, a better wife, everything else. Um, and, um, and, and then, and then it's, and then just reinforcing it over yes. and over again, because there are times that I was like, I don't want to go to boot camp, but I'm like, what, this is my time. Now I've committed to it. So even if I don't want to go, I have to go. Like, even if I'm like, I don't mean I'm <laughs> like, I'm not going to do it. Cause you, cause you know, and your listeners probably know, like, you may not want to work out. You may not want to go do something, but God, when you get back from that walk or whatever it is you want to do, it feels so much better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think go like going, actually going, it kind of like, it shows your partner that you're like actually serious about this. Cause if you're like making all of putting these things on the calendar, but then you're not following through with it. It's yep. like, well, no, what are you talking about? That's important to you. You don't even go to it. So when you go and you come back and you're a happier person, it like teaches them like, ah, like it puts it like really in clear perspective. She goes to class. She comes back happier. This is, we need to have this in the schedule. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Do you have it? Do you have daughters? Yep. I have two daughters. And then my smallest one is a son. Yeah. I'm curious. So, um, a thing I always ask clients too, is like, would you want this for your daughter? Like, would you want this for a young female in your life? So is that something that's ever come up? Like, like percent all the time. Yeah. I mean, it comes up with me running a business. It comes up with me in, in, you know, in working out and eating and all the things is, yeah, I think about it through that lens all the time is here's what I need, but I also, here's what I want to model for my, my daughters. Here's what I want to model for my kids. And, um, and yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. I think that that, like those conversations happening with your partner, such or like, or seeing it in action is such an important thing for young females to see happening so that they also learn, like maybe we didn't learn from our parents or whatever, you know, they did the best that they could, but like them being able to see, this is how you have a conversation. This is how you set boundaries. This is how you enforce boundaries. This is how you take action. You take care of yourself. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Well, and even just the other day, this is probably a, you know too much information, but a good story. If, if you know you also struggle with this, but I was having a crappy day. Like I was just frustrated. I was like, I was just overwhelmed. I just felt gross, right? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I just need to run until I don't feel this way anymore, right? So I'm like, I don't care how long it is, and whatever. So um, my daughter dances five days a week. So I dropped her off and I said, all right, I'm gonna go. You know, she's, she danced for, I think it's an hour and a half class, hour and 45 minute class. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, so I'm going to drop you off. I'm going to go to the trails to run. Um, and then I'll pick you up. But I said, you know, if I'm not here, right. At, you know, right. When I, when you, when I pick you up, then I'm still running. And, and so literally I, I, I did, I was like, I'm going to go and run until I am not, you know, this, this overwhelmed, yeah. angry person. And I did. And cause again, like I said, like, that's my time. That's my meditation time. That's my time where I can just like get all of the junk out of my head. And I did. And so for me, even, you know, using that as a lesson for her that oh, uh, mommy's crabby, then she's yeah. going she's gonna to drop me off. Now she's going to go run. So she feels better. And then she's going to pick me up and be a different person. Like that teaches my girls that instead of destructively you know, doing something else with that anger or overwhelm or whatever, mommy goes and, and takes care of her body. And then when she's in her body and not in her head, she feels better. (laughs) Right. So, yes. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, I think that a lot of us growing up didn't know what to do with negative emotions and you're right. So like when, you know, what did I, how do I see anger being modeled to me? Well, you yell and you scream or you go and you get cookies or whatever. And yeah, we all might do that, but here's something that's not destructive and is actually going to help you move through these emotions instead of just numbing them or staying in that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> if that helps somebody, like if you're having a day, get out of your head and into your body and just move, throw on some like loud music or whatever you need to do and just like move through it because once you're in your body, you just, you kind of get out of that. It's sort of changing your state, right? Changing what you're doing. So I don't know, but I hope that modeled something good for her to know that like crabby mommy (laughs) needs to go do something. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's, it's okay to feel crabby. This is what you do when you feel crabby. I mean, it's just so like explicit, like so clear for someone to see that and to know like, great. When I feel crabby, this is what I can go do. I used to teach kindergarten. So (laughs) it's like, but it's like, we, like we, if you're not explicitly taught what to do with negative emotions, you just do the first, you know, the easiest thing, which might be go eat a pint of ice cream. Cause that's kind of what you see on TV. Like Mm -hmm. someone's pissed Mm -hmm. off, go, they go and get food. Um, and granted, we all might do that every now and then, but like, here's something else that you can do when you're feeling those way, those that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, is, um, what other things do you need to make sure that you do for yourself? Like on a daily basis, you said running is something that you do for yourself. Is there anything else that's like really important for self-care? Uh, well, I have, I, so 
I um, intentionally get up earlier than my family. So I can like have my quiet time. I have my coffee. I, you know, read, read a book, either a brain candy book or an actual good business book um, where I'm feeding myself and feeding my mind. Um, and then I can then tackle the day. Right. So sometimes I'll work out. Sometimes I'll do things. But lately I've been just using that as quiet time where it's just sort of like just my time to, to do my thing. And, um, so that's super important to me. And then, um, you know, getting my workout in is super important to me. And then, um, and then I would say, uh, just the other piece for me, that's super important in self-care is like, how am I learning? How am I feeding my ideas or inspiration or different things like that? I think, especially as, uh, all this kind of crap is coming at us, how do we keep um, inspired in a positive way. And, and so I try and do something like that every day. Mm -hmm. Is that, um, did you grow up doing that or was that something that you had to learn along the way? That's a great question. Uh, well, so I am, I am, um, I'm not an educator. I'm a, a, I, I teach people how to, to create online courses. So I've been in the, um, the, the learning business my whole career, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, I've been doing learning, helping people learn, helping people get results um, for my whole life. So I am constantly learning. It's, it's something that is just part of my DNA. I can't help myself um, as a business owner, as a, as an educator. So, um, so I think probably I've always, I've always done that, right? Like, so when I started my business 16 years ago, I was like, I don't have all the answers. I'm just going to learn it. And so I would just figure out what I needed to do to, you know, kind of learn the next thing. Um, so I guess if I had to think about that, yeah, I probably always have been that way. Mm -hmm. um, but that's feeding my mind, I think is almost as important as feeding my body. Yeah, definitely. Take me to the, when your kids were younger and like the toddler age or like, you know, when, it was very much, you have to be there right next to them every two seconds. Did self-care, like what, what did self-care look like then? Was it, did, yeah. So, um, well, I had a big stroller. <laughs> so I had, so at the time, my two oldest, um, I had, I, my oldest was a toddler. My, my middle was a baby. The third one wasn't around yet. Right. So that was, I think the, the hardest time because yes, I had two babies and trying to keep track of all of that um, and run a business and all the things. Um, and, but I would just bring them with me, right? A lot of times is I had the double stroller and I would go for a run or so, go for a walk or whatever, or, you know, I'd be doing push-ups and I'd have one of them on my back or, you know, it's just sort of like incorporating it in. Um, so that was, I think the main thing that I did, but again, I still, you know, that was probably around the time that my husband and I had the chat about like, okay, how do we, how do we do this? Um, and, um, and, you know, again, for me, I'm big on if I set the time to do it and commit to like putting it on the calendar to do, I'm going to do it. And, um, and so, you know, I had a lot of support in terms of people kind of helping that, but, you know, you can go to a health club and get two hours of free childcare right? And so, you know, sometimes, honestly, I'd go and sit in the coffee shop and, you know, read a book with mm -hmm. my kids in the thing, 
or I'd work out, right? I'd use that time to work out. So you have to get really crafty. You have to figure out like how to use your village, how to use your resources to get some of that time in. It wasn't perfect. And, you know, I just was like, oh, when, when my, um, my second was a baby, I'm like, I could run another marathon. Like I've got one more in me, no problem. And, and so of course, like, what was I thinking? I was probably like six or seven months old. And I'm like, I can do this, but I ended up, I just ran half of it. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, after half, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like I did half of it. It was beautiful. I had a great time. I could have pounded out the rest of it, but I was like, you know what? Like, mm-hmm. this is what I wanted. I just wanted to feel like I was still in it. Right. And um, so, yeah, so I, so I, I think you just sort of figure it out, but you have to be committed to doing, to doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, there are times I'm like running and like one of them's crying or one of them's got a bottle or, you know, it's like, yeah, it is, it it's is messy. It yeah. 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 It's messy, but it's that, again, it's that instead of doing all or nothing, just yeah. just do something, just do anything, whatever it is. If it's running 13 miles instead of 26, like, oh my goodness, like still 13 miles. <laughs> I was like, I haven't done it since, but I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just try it. It's going to be fine. But you know, yeah, I mean, or they'll be playing at the park and I'll like do a couple pull-ups or, you know, do some, um, you know, uh, you know, jump up on the, on the bench or something, right? Like it's just sort of those moments of, you know, being active or doing something and it's just not going to look the same as it did before. Yeah. I think that that's a really important thing. Just kind of like hearing your journey with running of like, you know, maybe in your twenties, it was something really, really important. And maybe now it's just, I use the words movement and being an active person. Like I don't necessarily see myself as an athlete, but like I'm active. And that's the important thing. Like Jagger, you just need to do movement for mental health. You just need to do something, whatever it is. If it's a bike ride, if it's a walk, if it's a run, if it's a class, but like, just go do something. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think it's so much your identity, right? Like for me, I'm not like, um, like it's my identity. I'm active. I am a runner. I'm, I'm somebody who works out and takes care of my body. Mm. And so for me, it, it's just who I am. Right. Which is when I was injured, that's hard. Right. Cause I'm like, well, wait a minute, I'm a runner. How do I be a runner when I'm injured? So I was like, okay, well, what does a runner do when they're injured? Oh, well, they do this. So I'm like, okay, well, then that's what I do, right? I go to the pool or I do whatever. So I think part of it is like, who do you want to be? Who, how do you want to show up? And, and then show up that way as much as you can, right? Like, was I able to do that when they were babies? Not really, not in the way that I wanted to, but, but I did as much as I could. And I did what my body needed. I did what, what what I needed at the time. Sometimes it was a nap. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like instead of going for a run with two babies, sometimes it was like, Oh, they're napping. <laughs> I better, I, like I could go on that treadmill or I could take a nap. And I'm like, you know, mommy needs a nap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The identity thing is really big. And I think it, it was actually, I mean, there's several books, um, but atomic habits. Have you read atomic habits? I am reading it right now. I, it's funny. Okay. It's like right here. <laughs> I mentioned this book probably every other podcast episode, but he has like a diagram in there where it shows like these three like concentric circles, but like the identity, like who are you 
being, who are you being? And so like, just you being the mom, like maybe being a healthy person, the best way I can be a healthy person. And that was like going and taking a nap. Um, or I think about me too. Like I was injured for most of 2020 and I couldn't run and I had a running podcast and that like hit hard. Like, <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I can't even talk about running. Cause I can't run, but like, okay, well, what is an active person do? Oh, right. they lift weights. They go mm-hmm. for a walk every day. But that piece, like that, like, who are you being? It really was that book that like shined that light on that. And then it's, it actually, it stopped being about the running and it started being about who am I being? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And being active and being healthy. And what does that look like? And how do you want to show up with that? Yeah. Cause, cause that's, I mean, in my opinion, that's what it's all about, right? Like pick your thing. It doesn't really matter, but, um, but how can you show up in the, you know, and, and be the best version of yourself? And what do you need? I know that I need to be moving in order to, um, to be my best self because that then it gets me out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm struggling with, you know, a business thing or a decision I need to make, or I'm stuck, right? Like sometimes you're just sort of, you just don't have any inspiration. Mm-hmm. First thing I do is get off my computer and I go, I go move. And every single time, hundred percent of the time when I move, I get unstuck, right? Something triggers in me where I'm inspired or I work through a challenge or something happens. Um, And so, you know, for me, it's running for, for somebody else, it could be walking for somebody else. It could be, you know, something else, but for me, it's, it's just being in my body really. Yeah. It was actually in my health and life coaching certification where they said, you said this sentence and I had never heard it before, but it was like, we spend so much time in our heads. We need to spend more time in our bodies. And truthfully this morning, I was not in a good headspace, but I ride my bike to my office every day. And that bike ride gets me out of my head and I show up and I'm in my body and I'm just like, I'm a better person because I've ridden my bike to the office instead of just Mm -hmm. sitting and like stewing in this rabbit hole of weird thoughts. Right. Right. Because that's what happens, right? Every single time I'm working with someone and they're struggling with something or it's not, they don't have clarity or something's happening. I'm like, turn your computer off, turn it off, get away from your computer, stand up and go outside or go do whatever. I mean, I don't care if you go outside, but do something to get out of the state that you're in, because that's where we get in trouble, right? Like we get in trouble most of the time in our own head. It's not, it's not anywhere else. Um, and so sometimes like, I don't want to do that either. Right. I don't, I don't want to go and move because I'm like, yeah, I'm just, just going to sit at this computer until I figure out the problem or the answer to the problem. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. I never will figure it out by staring at a computer ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on my computer, you know, all the time, but I'll never figure out the, the answer to the, to the question until I am out doing something else. Right. Like, yeah. And, I think for me, sometimes it feels self-indulgent to go for a walk in the middle of the workday when I quote, should be working. Mm -hmm. But even if I'm like, it's like, Jacqueline, you've been sitting here at the computer for 15 minutes, not getting the thing done. So you weren't actually even working, but you like, if you had just gone for that 15 minute walk or go now for the 15 minute walk or the five minute walk, you'll actually get that stuff done and feel happier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard, especially if you're in sort of that traditional work construct to, to do that. But hundred percent of the time, 
if you're dealing with something, the best thing to do is to step away from, you know, the computer or whatever. And the, the other thing that I learned, this is, this is more of a work thing, but um, if you're like, if you want to fire off an email in response to something or a phone call or whatever, like with a client or a colleague or whatever, go for a walk first, take that 15 minutes, then come back, then write that email because trust me, I've done that before. It's not a good scenario, right? So for anyone who, who needs to hear that message today, get up, go for a walk. If you still feel the same way in 15 minutes, write the email, but yeah, don't be snappy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. that's like, you just have to change your state. Definitely. So, um, I like to hear what books have inspired you and helped you. I mentioned atomic habits has helped me so much. I reread it like every few months and highlight it in different colors. What are some books that have just helped you in you, like in your business or just like you as a person? Mm, that's a great question. So I have about 500 books yeah. around me because <laughs> I love, I love reading. I love getting those little nuggets. Um, like I said, I am reading Atomic Habits right now, which is um, like most of it is highlighted in yellow, um, which is always a problem because I'm out. Then I'm like, which part is the best part? Because I've just highlighted the whole book. It's so good. Though. It's so good. Um, but yes, yeah, so that one is definitely a favorite. I, I really like um, all books that help um, kind of provide the path or structure to get to a different place. Mm. Right. And so there's so many different books that I love. Um, some business books I love is Russell Brunson. I don't know if you're familiar with Russell, but he's got a trilogy that is awesome. If you're trying to, um, so I help, I help, um, entrepreneurs, business owners, agency owners transition from kind of one-on-one done for your services into an online, program or products of something that they can scale without having it just be one-on-one. Right. And so he has got some great books to help people do that because I think that one of the things that people struggle with is, you know, when you think about who you are and how you show up in a business, like, what are you an expert in? What are you really passionate about? What do you love to do? Um, And so he's got a couple of books that really help kind of frame that up, I think a little bit. So expert secrets, um, and, um, and dot com secrets and those kinds of things. So his books are some of my favorites from a business perspective. Brendan Bouchard also has a lot of like really good ones that like help with motivation and giving a framework for like, how do you think about higher performance? How do you think about like how you show up and, and like play bigger? How do you, you know, that kind of thing. So I always love those too, because it just reminds you to again, think outside of what you're doing today. Like, how do you think bigger? How do you kind of expand your mind, expand your life to, um, you know, kind of maximize what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that if I could like go back to like young Jacqueline, I just wish I would have had like the one thing I would have changed, like just read more because kind of what you were talking about, like having a village, like when it comes to taking care of toddlers and like relying on you know, the, the childcare at the gym, it's like being able to read a book and like get like mentorship in a book. And I think the same thing with podcasts, like seeking out people who have gone through things that have something to teach you and help you along your way. I don't think that I had that when I was Mm -hmm. really young and I, it would have helped a lot. Right. Well, and just even because, because I mean, you remember like when we were really young, it's like, 
you would read a nonfiction book and be like, oh, it's this big, you know, like heady book, right? Yeah. And now I think the books that that could help us are so great because they have the little nuggets that that just give you that something to connect to, right? So like th- speaking of Atomic Habits, just because I'm reading it right now and that identity piece that you're talking about, like even just reading that, you probably intuitively had that already kind of in your mentality, but hearing or reading it and going, oh yes, like somebody's articulated that better yep. than I could. I just think that even if it's not like, cause some people don't like to read like all the books, right? Like they just like to read parts of them. Uh, I, like I have friends who just will read like a chapter and then they're good. And I, I and like I said, I highlight everything, but, um, but just getting that, and then you can use that nugget to be like, oh, this is how I could apply this, or this is how I could use this. Even, even like a running book, the, um, uh, now I'm just going to say it and I'm not going to remember the book, but the guy who has a different approach to how to, to run, right. Instead of running, um, as fast as you can, like you run and then you walk for a mile Gally. or walk for a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like having a different approach, you're like, oh, I never thought about that yep. before. Like it's always been this traditional, like, you know, you go on your short runs, you go on your hill runs, you go on your long runs, blah, 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 all the things, but like having a different approach, you're like, oh, I could use that and try it. And, and to me, that's what books and podcasts and other things give you is that ability to be like, oh, I didn't think about that. Let's try it and see how it works. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think when you're talking about Atomic Habits, that book, it definitely put vocabulary to things that I had in my head, but didn't know how to say. And there's a part in there too, which I like, I'm pretty sure it's in Atomic Habits, where he talks about how your knowledge, yeah, like when you read a book, it helps you um, put everything together. And I'm like, oh, there are so many times where I've been reading and I'm like, Oh, that's what my philosophy class in like freshman year, you know, of college, like the first trimester was talking about like it, but it took me 15 years to understand that thing by reading this book. Oh, that's what they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah, totally. Well, and that's the thing is that, so then you can kind of connect it to what you already know. And then the big piece is, can you take action, right? Like that one, read this part of the book and then take action on it. And that's why I like when I say people will read like a chapter and they're done. I'm like, that's great. As long as you take action on it, like what is it they're going to do differently because you've read that part of the book and just even, you know, putting those pieces together helps so much to, to do that. Yeah. That's a big one because, you know, we like to make challenges out of everything and people can read 50 books in a year, but if it doesn't help you actually change action and like change your life, then it's just like, great. Like, you know, you've, you've, you accomplished this thing, but what did it do for you? And so that's really interesting to hear, like, even that, like, oh, wait, we're allowed to just read a chapter of a book and then go take action. Like that's something that we're allowed to do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Why not? Yeah. 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 Amazing. Cool. Um, well, so if people wanted to connect with you, if they're interested in starting an online course, what, where's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, the best place is TaraLBryan.com is kind of my main site um, or um, Tara Bryan Live on Facebook. Uh, and um, and that's the best place. We do live training and, and all sorts of other things out there. Um, and, um, and, and the podcast is Course Building Secrets podcast. So if you're interested in listening to me run and do a podcast talking about courses, then 
then that's the place to go. Because like I said, so often that's where I'm most inspired. I call it my outdoor office. And so, especially in this summer, I'll be like, you know, on the podcast saying, Hey, I'm in my outdoor office today. And, you know, that's, but that's part of it, right? Is, is, you know, when do you feel most inspired? When do you feel like you, um, you know, can take action and do things a little bit differently or think differently? And, and, uh, and that's some of the, the tips and tricks that I give on that podcast. Amazing. And then you have a beginner's guide too. Yes. Is this a course? Is it a PDF? Uh, yeah, the beginner's guide is just a PDF. It's it's an ebook um, that helps people kind of get started. Like, what are the big questions you need to ask as you're going through each of the steps in creating an online program? Um, and that you can also find on terrellbryan.com or if you um, want to put that link directly in yeah. the thing, it's there too. Yeah, so, all yeah. of these links will be in the show notes. This is amazing. Thank you so much, Tara. Yes, thank you. This was lots of fun. 